Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. This is the Ask Me Anything series, um, but today is a very special episode. I have my dear friend, uh, Erika Briones, and she's a remarkable woman. She's got a phenomenal story to tell, and where she's at in her life right now, she's really doing God's work. Um, the subject we're mainly going to be exploring and diving deeper in is emotional clearing. So for those that have had certain events or experienced certain traumas in their lives, I feel that this will be a great episode for you. Um, she really has lived an extraordinary life and, um, you know, she's, I've had some fantastic conversations with this woman. So I am, I'm excited to introduce you to her. I'm just going to read you a bit about her before I, I, I bring her on. Um, Erika is a, an emotional clearing practitioner of the spiral. She helps a lot of people free themselves from bondage, from not feeling sexually confident. Erika shows creatives and entrepreneurs how to direct their sexual energy in a way it impacts their lives, both in the bedroom and in business. Erika's life is like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, where she is on a quest to finding the truth and meets very, various characters along her path. Some characters are the evil villains and others guide her to discovery, discovering her true, truest expression. For Erika, this journey was all about liberating her sexuality and healing. For years, she lived a double life and now aspires to inspire other women that they can also thrive in their sexuality. Besides speaking on a various syndicated podcasts, what brings her the greatest joy in others is, is others discovering their path around conscious love and sexuality. I know your story, you know, and I, I find it to be a fascinating one. And I believe that as many people listening and watching right now that could really get heaps of value from you, you know, just sort of being vulnerable and just sort of sharing that with them. So, I mean, could, what's, what, is, what is your story, story Erika? Um, first of all, let me, um, just be clear with the pronunciation. I, I love when people mispronounce my name because <laughs> I get okay. to weave my little jingle. So my name is Erika. You do not Erika. have to worry It's focused on the like okay. ka, like, like I'm ka, Erika. Yeah. Erika. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. so I, I love this. I love pop culture. Um, I love movies. I did film and I actually one of the first movies that I saw in college was The Secretary. And it's basically a BDSM movie, which we could totally get into BDSM later. It's about this secretary who is a cutter. And so she's really depressed. And then she eventually meets um, Chris, this other guy named Mr. Gray who is a masochist and she basically replaces her pain of cutting for being spanked. And they have this masochist, this dub sob relationship. And so I'm watching this in college and I'm thinking, this is amazing. Like I would love to learn more about this culture. But anyways, that was one of the first films that got me into this, this world of uh, BDSM. But my story is kind of like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, right? Mm -hmm. And Dorothy is trying to click her heels and get home. And for me, that symbolizes like connecting back to yourself, back to your soul's purpose. But for me, it was not an easy quest. 
for me, it was about um, experiencing different levels of taboo. For me, it was escort work. It was Tantra. It was BDSM. And, you know, it wasn't all as easy as it seems. Uh, sex work seems very glamorous. That's what it is. I'm not going to share the rose-colored glasses because I'm going to paint it how it is. And I put myself in a lot of dangerous situations where I definitely feel like my life is it was like a movie. But sure. for me, I was living a double life. And it wasn't just through those times. It was since I was a little girl when I was sexually abused by my stepfather. Who put right. Me I was going to ask what kind of, yeah. what kind of led to that. Um. What led to that was my my sexual abuse. So that's a little bit of the story in a nutshell. Right. Okay. So so you've experienced this trauma. um, And thank you for being so open about that. It must be hard to talk about it every time. Um, It's actually easier to talk about it every time. (laughs) Right. Okay. So... At what point in your life did that did you kind of move towards that path? You've had that childhood trauma, and then you know at what you, know, you said you watched the secretary and and this what was at what point? I mean, how did you how did you get into all that? It was. Did you did you meet certain characters along the way that defined that path? There was certain characters along my path. Um, the first character was, I would say this, um, he was a cross-dresser. He was someone who was like, you know, discovering his sexuality. He was this, this is interesting because these, this is actually new for me to share because I'm still kind of piecing the story together. But the first character was someone ex- exploring him coming out of the closet. And he says, there's a website. Um, for girls to make more money. And it was, it sounded very lucrative. It sounded really lucrative. I was a preschool teacher and, um, you know, I just graduated from high school, sorry, from college. (laughs) It felt like high school because I've learned more in high school than college in some ways. Um, And in my experience, I was actually going through a big depression. You know, my depression was my ex left me for another woman. It was kind of like um, the song, Someone Like You, the adult hit number one song, Someone, Someone Like You. Like so, you. Yeah, okay, I wouldn't sing it. So <laughs> it was literally like that song was exactly like what I was going through. And I felt like it was an anthem for a lot of women. And so when I heard that song on repeat, it was like the soundtrack of my life. And I said, well, my life is shit. Um, I'm not really happy of where I'm working. I might as well, you know, live the path of darkness. You know, it's kind of like the Darth Vader. He just chose the the dark path. And that was just right. what my my mindset was at the time. You know, it was I was like self-sabotaging my trauma because of what I was going through. So let's just go into that a little bit more then. So what were like the highs and you just, and the lows? Obviously you just tapped into depression there and you felt like, you know, you you just continue to live the path of darkness. I mean, you know, there, there was obviously a time where you mentioned, you know, not going to like blow any, any smoke up anyone's backside. It was glamorous. You did, you know, live the life of Riley. But at what point did it get to such a low that you thought, you know what, something's got to change? The point it got low on the path 
there was many moments. It wasn't just one moment. There was many moments that alluded to that this isn't the path. Right. And, um, you know, I, I first got into this work um, kind of like unconsciously. It was just because I was, it was a cheap thrill and, you know, it, it seemed to like help me out. But um, one of the characters on my path was these these women that were they were they were really ghetto um I don't want to like say their race but they were just so focused on the money they were like the typical gold diggers you know cheesy meme if you can find it um where they were just like focusing on counting money and they were focusing on like humiliating men and that something didn't feel right about it um and if you ever watched the movie Hustler, like with Je- Jennifer Lopez, I don't know if you've ever seen Hustler. No, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't watched that one yet, but I'm going to after this. Okay, well, I w- encourage you to watch it. But for me, when I watched that film, I was actually kind of sad because it's not what, you know, the industry is. Because in every industry, there's going to be those girls that are going to see the masculine as a piggy bank. Like, right. literally, they only see the masculine as you know, like financial needs. And for me, when I was with these women, they were always talking about um, how how men are so gullible, how they're so stupid. And I, you know, I have enough emotional intelligence. I have enough male friends to know that's not true. Um, and I understand that like certain men go to those women because they're, maybe they're also wounded or maybe they also don't feel Enough. I'm not saying this is the case for everyone. Everyone has like their own spin on things, but these women literally painted men to be a stereotype. And um, in my case, I said, this is not true. This is not true that all men are this way. And that was one of the, the, the lows for me was like, something doesn't feel right. My relationship with the masculine is not going to be the same. So, and, 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 and with that, like, you obviously showing a bit of, you know, as you say, that girls were just seeing them as like walking ATM machines. And you obviously developed a bit of empathy for, for the masculine. And, um, you know, what, why would, it, why would the, the gentlemen that were, were using you know, these girls and yourself for your services, what were their reasons? Like, I mean, did, did it, did the experience you had with, men you know using these sort of services did it did it um change your trust in men moving forward and perhaps in your own private relationships because there's got to be various different reasons right yeah there's there's different reasons and for me not all the men that i saw were good men you know that was another downfall that was another character you know the the evil villain or the the dark masculine the dark masculine is goal oriented the dark masculine is focused on has kind of like they cross boundaries they don't really know how to, they don't really know about etiquette they don't know about intimacy intimacy for them is just hey she's a pretty girl and you know it's their job to fulfill my needs it's very like 1920s type mentality but there was a few men that kind of surprised me on the path and as clients, they said, why are you doing this? You're right. a really smart girl. And so when I had a few of those clients, it, I was like, wow, there's actually a few men that um, 
you know, they have a, a glimmer of hope. But some of these guys were like married and that, right? Oh yeah. I've, yeah. I've seen so that, I've seen married guys, I've seen black guys, I've seen Asian guys, I've seen little people, I've seen women, I've seen guys that were super religious, Jewish guys, police officers, celebrities, I've seen all types of men. You know, there is not one man, all of their reasons were either for like the high caliber, they were bored, they were distracted, um, they didn't know who they were, they lost control. There were themes of, you know, abandonment. There were themes of, like, they just wanted a, an adventure. They wanted to feel novelty, that right. feeling of taboo, risk-taking. So there was different themes for different people. Do you feel that, like, that might, you know, one would perhaps go in that direction because they failed to communicate those desires and needs within their own relationship? Well, it is true that in their relationship, it was either not allowed or they weren't understood as right. much as they, as much as they did everything to work through it with their relationship. Um, their partner was not giving them their needs. Their partner right. was not making them feel understood. Right. So and it really so does emphasize they, the point of like, you've got to remove the fear from communicate your needs and desires and wants in a relationship, because if they're not going to be communicated inside, they're going to be communicated with someone else outside. It will be communicated outside. And right. the thing is, this is where right now we get to practice negotiation skills, which is one of the things I learned at, you know, with my sex educator friends. And it's really important to communicate, okay, so you don't like this. So what's a yes to you? How can we make this work in a way that's fun, something that's win-win? So that's where you bring in play and and it's just a matter of like willingness. It's all that it is. It's like willingness and um, willing to get out of your own way. Right, right. So, you know, I, I would say that perhaps you, know, you must develop some sort of numbness when you're when you're in that kind of work, right? And because you know, I'm really stimulated by the psychology of of this. I've developed empathy before. I was very ignorant, right? But as I've matured, I've and I've met you know, women out in clubs and stuff, you know, I've been in nightlife for a long time. You know, I, I can, as soon as, as soon as I see a girl, as soon as I see a girl who looks like she's working, like, I just know, I know the outfit. I know the etiquette. I know the behavior. I, I, I can just see it a mile off. And before I was very ignorant. I used to, you know, I used to think less of these people, but after actually giving these sort of people a time of the day, I actually I developed empathy for these people. You never really know their full story as to why, they're, they've chosen to go down that path. And, you know, as you've shared with us today, um, your story is very unique. And it does, you know, naturally, uh, you, you feel for that person. Um, so what I'm trying to allude to is, you know, you're, you get there's a certain level of intimacy you explore with someone. And how do you guard your emotions from that? How do you, how do you, you know, how does you go numb? And then how do you revert back to actually be in a position where you can receive love and communicate love because there must be a certain conditioning that you have to do on yourself to be able to do that sort of work and then to accept love in your life again. You know, that's got to be a lot of work. Uh, it is a lot of work and it comes down to lying. You get to learn how to lie to yourself and it's by, you know, playing on a role, being a character. And that's why when I talk about pop culture and films, 
I mean, I love films because they basically teach you how to put on this like identity. And right. that's, and Jim Carrey talks about it. Depression is where you don't know who you are as that character, right? I mean, actors, uh, and I've talked to a lot of actors who get depressed because after playing so many different roles, they kind of lose who they are. They're like, I don't wow, know. Wow, that makes is. sense. Yeah. So for me, I was, it you was know, an watching, act. it was an mm. act. Mm. And as much as you would be in denial, for me, I was in denial that, you know, I'm not playing this other person. But let me tell you something. There was a moment where I didn't even know my name. So the reason I emphasize wow. my name the way it is, it's not like Erika because it's a cute, um, you know, marketing thing. It's not. It's because I was at a, an event one time and my friends were like, so what should we call you? And I'm like, call me by my other name. But then it would really confuse me and I would see other people. And I said, I don't even know what my name is. I literally wow. did not know how to embrace my name. I didn't like my real name. I didn't like my other name. So I was completely messed up in the head. <laughs> so you literally like to, to, for you to move away from this line of work, you had to literally change your name to try and identify with the next, like, God, that's crazy. Like trying to transition out of that because you've identified yourself as this character for so long and how that's empowered you. You know, you've lived this sort of fantasy, as it were. And then you've realized in order for me to make this transition to the next day of my life, I need to identify as something new. So you've gone to the, even to the extremist to change your name to, to identify as this new individual. See, the thing in any industry, um, when it comes to the name, some people say, oh, that's my stage name, right? That's the typical go-to is this is my stage name. This right. is just my other identity. But what girls in the industry don't know is girls don't know that they're also playing into that stage name. That like you're putting on a, a role every time you go on stage. You have to put on this new identity. And if you've been a performer, I've been a performer, I've danced, I've traveled all over the world, salsa dancing, you have to put yeah. on that performance guard. And yeah. it's a guard, right? It's a mask. Right. It's like, I'm here to be sexy. I'm here to create that fantasy. So you're going to do everything to energetic do that. But at the end, it's like, that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm actually a sweet girl. So if I play the dominatrix, I'm like, I could, I really could. But at the end of the day, I'm actually really submissive. I'm actually romantic. I'm someone who has dreams, fears, hopes. But when you're but playing then, this but, other character, yeah. But then who, do, how, who, do you, who do you get to expose that to? Because, you know, this is what I'm trying to say. Like, you're, you're this character, but really you want to take the mask off. And you do want to be vulnerable to someone. How does that, how, how, that's what I want to try and get to. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get to that place? Well, the, there's two different versions. There's the version of me now and the, there's version of me before. The version of me then, when I was dating, was extremely difficult because I was not fully present to my emotions. I was not fully present to looking the guy in the eye. Um, I wasn't fully present of who I was. And it was like, I was even, even trying to sell them on who I was in the date. Like I'm this amazing, talented woman. But when it came to sharing my shadow, it was, I would only share pieces of it. I would share like my childhood, 
Um, but I wasn't really present to, hey, I'm actually hurting right now. I'm actually scared. I'm actually going through um, some intense things that I can't even open up. Right. And there was one person in my journey who I dated. He was an amazing guy. But I remember watching 500 Days of Summer. The reason I say that is because I was summer. I was this summer person. Right. And so I watched this movie. I got triggered. I said, oh, my God, uh, I have to leave because I'm, com- I'm a complete, I'm a fraud. So, and again, I told him my real name, but I felt like I was so disconnected by that archetype that I said, I don't even feel like I'm being myself with him. And I would leave in the middle of the night. I would self-sabotage the relationship. And I would just say, hey, you know, this isn't going to work out. Um, you know, you deserve better than this. And so because of that, because I was living in a different mindset, I was lying to myself. And the person I am now, full honesty. There's nothing to hide. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you were like making up lies, you were manipulating, and then when that didn't work, you just self-sabotage and just so what you to not reach a level of vulnerability. Yeah, and vulnerability at that time was over-emotional. Right. And that's the thing that people mistake is vulnerability is, oh, she's crying, she's, you know, damsel in distress. For right. me, that was my whole identity of being vulnerable. It's like, I have to cry, I have to create the scene, I have to be, have a catharsis, right? But now it's like, no, when you're vulnerable, you, you gain wisdom, you separate the emotion from the experience. You say, this is what's present for me. Um, I've noticed that I'm feeling really sad. I'm like, my head is spinning. You just get to be present with what's happening internally. And you don't, you don't take it personally. You know that it's, it's something that you need to share to get off your chest. It's not something because you need to be validated or accepted. Right. So that's the thing is my, even my experience with the word vulnerability was a whole day and night experience. Right. So what would you say? What, what are the steps? What are the actionable steps for someone that finds himself in, in such a situation to, to get out of it and, and live a somewhat sort of normal life or get and ready for the next for- chapter in their life? Because surely, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't create a family or, or something when you're, when you're living like that. Yeah. So for whoever watches this, um, I'm guessing someone who's in the industry, like that's where my heart is, is to like, speak to those women that are in the industry, I would say the first thing is like, be real with yourself. Like look at yourself in the mirror and really ask yourself, who am I? That's the first important question you have to ask yourself. I'm not saying what's your job, how much money you make. It's like, who are you being? You know, people have like, even my clients have a a really hard time with this question because at the end of the day, we're not the skin that we're in. We're not the character that we're playing. We are love. We are gratitude. We are, you know, our values. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, being really honest with like the the lies that you're with and forgive yourself for those lies. Don't just say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Because that's easy to say that. It's very trite. And you have to be honest with the lies, the things that you have not even said to yourself. The reason I say that is when I journaled, because everyone journals. I never journaled about my life. I never journaled about my secret life. There's no, up until 
until I started doing my, uh, my sexual healing work and I started getting into leadership training. That's when I started looking at my timeline and said, wow, this happened. I completely forgot about this because I distorted myself from that reality. I separated myself and pretended that everything was normal. This industry is not normal. Um, it's, it's taboo. It's glamorous. It has its highs. It has a lot of highs. But you have to be honest that it has a lot of lows. There's going to be, you know, men that have a lot of trauma. There's going to be a lot of um, experiences that you're going to be a no to and you're going to have to sacrifice. That's the part of the industry that you have to be honest with yourself. And then the last thing is, you know, find a mentor who understands you. Find a sex positive community. A sex positive community was like, you know, how Dorothy finds those characters at the end. For me, it was like, I finally find these really good characters, like maybe the lion who has a heart and he just, they discover who they are. I found that community that they were able to accept me for my past, for my double life. And I was able to say, hey, I'm a little fucked up here, but you get me, right? Yeah. That's how, 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 how many how many lines do you, how many lines of hearts did you do you feel that you you pushed away whilst you were going through all of that? Because uh, that's 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 another thing, right? Like you got people that are that sincerely probably love you around you, but you're just living like a, perhaps a chaotic kind of cycle of a lifestyle. I met a lot. For me, it was a lot of the men, and it wasn't just that. It was like I also. Um, played the dumb card or I played, you know, I did it, I did it by either drinking a lot of alcohol. Um, I didn't do any drugs. I didn't do cocaine. Thank God. Mm. But for me, what kept me sane is, you know, it was dancing. It was my artistry. But as for the, those lions or those men that I was dating, I, I think I self-sabotaged it by, by doing everything I can to not to be the wrong woman. You know, I was like, I wanted to be, I wanted to mess up. I wanted to like even scare them or say, I love you because it would scare them away. I would act, um, I would act naive. I would act like that on purpose, but that's not who I was. That's not who I was on the, on the deepest level. On the deepest level, I was nerdy. I didn't share like my little, my little girl. I didn't share my innocence. I just shared them a possibility <laughs> right. and that possibility was, was kind of painted in another way. It was like, Oh, I have to be another character to play. Right. The fantasy. Wow. Woman. God, yeah. it's exhausting. Sounds exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, okay. Look, you've gone through this path, you know, and it's, it's extraordinary what you've done, you know, to get to where you are now. Um, so you, you've met you've met your, your characters, your support network, the people that are going to guide you through, you know, d- down this beautiful yellow brick wa- road, right? <laughs> what does life then look like? Life looks... Like bring I us mean, up I to can, speed is what, what I'm trying to say. I, I can say that even when you start living, like accepting and owning who you are fully and you know, transition out of the work, maybe start your own career. Um, it's still not easy. But that, that's what help. I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's an easy thing to it's, suggest. But how does one replace that amount of income, that lifestyle with something sort of substandard? 
Well, first of all, the biggest reality check that you have to embrace is when you transition out of the work, the, you have to let go of the addiction to money. Right. Addiction to the wrong way of getting money. That must be and so difficult. It is. At first. Mm-hmm. Until you start really looking at your value. And it's not about, you know, the external things. It's about my compassion, how I listen, how I love. Those are the things that people care about is the little smallest things about you. They don't care about your clothes. They don't care about the makeup you're, you're wearing. They don't care about like the people that you've you know, worked with. Like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter who you were. What they care about is who, they are, who you are now. And for me, you know, I've done so much work. Like I will even be honest here. Like even two weeks before um, the, you know, the lockdown happened, I was still doing some work on the side. And then I was talking to this amazing guy that I love that I'm currently yeah. dating. And I told him like, my intention is to be a stand for myself and to leave the industry. And he was a stand for me. So this is, this is a big honesty share for me. And yeah, I want to thank I, you for sharing. That's, that's so open. Yeah. I've been, I've been sharing this with a lot of people and I said, well, I want to, be able to uh, date without having this in the back of my mind because coming from the trauma that I've experienced, which I haven't fully shared how deep that was and we don't have to share now. Yeah. Um, this was holding me back from my greatness. This was holding me back from truly being present with clients, truly connecting with people. And if you're someone who wants to have a dream, um, whether a sex coach, having this in the back of your mind, living the double life is still going to haunt you at the end of the day. So for me, I said, I want to come clean. And in a way, for so me, brave, so brave, really, this, this, this whole Corona thing has been a blessing. It has been a blessing because now I am living my dream. I do have clients um, now I have to be online. And you know what? This is great. This is what I've been asking for. This is right. what I wanted. Right. And I'm not here to shame the industry because the, it's taught me a lot. It has taught me a lot. I've gained amazing mentors. I have grown so much. I'm connecting with you. And I'm also able to hold space in a way that, you know, no one is able to hold space for people's um, people saying, hey, I feel safe with you. I can tell you anything. That's yeah. the thing with me is like, I feel almost like... Um, like a priest or a priestess where I get to really just being able to hold people and not judge them for what they've gone through. Well, let's take a uh, definitely a deeper look at that. I mean, what does, what does that sort of work look like now? You know, the emotional clearing, I mean, what is your process that you guide people through and, you know, how do you get to the bottom of their problems? So emotional clearing is, is really looking at the past that you've lived, right? So in my case, it was like the shame, the guilt, the dogma, which is root yeah. chakra level. And this yeah. is about safety, security, stability. So if you're not feeling worthy, if you're not feeling deserving, if you're not feeling significant, um, those emotions are going to hold you back from living your truest purpose. And if you're coming from guilt or shame, it's going to lower your immune system. If you have stress, 
you're, it's going to raise your cortisol. Of course, you know this. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And if you have a lot of it, it can make you sick. It can make right. you really sick. Right. And it was making me really sick. And so um, once I signed up for the spiral, I found a community that there was sex coaches. There was so many different types of mentors. I have my wealth mentor. So my whole relationship to money is so healthy. But emotional clearing is like, let's look at the past. So it's like the Groundhog's Day. So another movie, um, the Groundhog's Day is where you feel like you're still living the same life every single day and you wake up yeah. and nothing changes. Right. And when I started to really look at that, I said, I don't want to live in this loop. I don't want to live in the same story, the same habits, because it's exhausting. It's really tiresome. Um, and when we lo look at your clearing, it's... Um, we look at the emotions, we look at what's holding you back, we look at how this is related to money, sex, and your relationship to self and self to other. And, you know, we work through different frameworks. But, you know, people don't care about the how. People don't care about how does it work because I can really nerd out about it. It's a process that really gets you present of your awareness. And for you to come to a place of trusting yourself, that's really the intention is getting you to the place of neutrality. Neutrality, the core, the core thing about neutrality is, do I trust myself? Do I trust others? When you come from that place, every day you can just rewrite your own narrative. You get to rewrite your hero's journey, your heroine's journey. It might not be Dorothy and you know the Wizard of Oz. It might not be Groundhog's Day. It could just be your own movie, your own movie trailer. Right. You know. Like, it doesn't have to be um, a different life. It can just be you. Yeah. I, I, I do a lot of similar work where, you know, you, you, you guide a client to a very uncomfortable place. And it, more often than not, it's that place where they've never, really sh they've never shared it with anyone. You know, and they know it's there. They know it's deep inside, but it's that feeling that's controlling them. And it's, as you said, it's the movie that keeps on playing back in their head that they don't, it's the movie they don't really want to watch. And um, it is quite an extraordinary process. It really is when you get them to address that issue and take control of that animal. Um, it's like, it's not quite the erase button, but it just allows you to move forward. So I think, you know, the work you're doing is, is, is very special uh, and it's needed. It really is. We've all got that something inside us that we've experienced that we're perhaps just holding on for it onto for a bit too long. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, what do you think about when you're telling your story there? Um, I'm just starting to think about the different sort of emotions and, and behaviors that perhaps could come into the mix. I'm thinking jealousy. I'm thinking envy. I'm thinking anger. What's the reframe? What's the, the reframe? How, how, how do you move away? I mean, I, I have a certain way that I help people move away from being like with jealousy, right? How do you, how do you reframe when you're working with clients or the work you've done in yourself? How do you remove envy, jealousy, and, and, and anger? Because I feel like these are very sort of like pent up emotional states to be in. Uh, of course. And that's the emotional work. It's like yesterday I met someone who doesn't, really know how to express anger. It's just very um, quiet. It's like 
Right. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. But there's there's a fire there, right? And that fire is like, I want to shout. I want to do something. But for us, it's like, actually, I would invite that person to release it, to to have a catharsis. And I, I'm not saying to yell or hit something. It's like, maybe underneath that anger is recognition that you're afraid of losing something. It's usually a person. So okay. for us, it's like, what does your relationship to jealousy look like? For some people, it's self-sabotage. For some people, it's acting dramatic. That was my whole thing. It was either running away or and it was unhealthy. But the thing about clearing, a lot of people have that whole mistake. Is we're not clearing. We're not deleting. It's not when you go on your phone, and you press clear and everything deletes itself. It's not that easy. It's about awareness. Okay, I'm noticing yeah. I'm feeling angry. As soon as you catch the anger, okay, how can I pivot? And that takes a lot of like really looking at yourself, really looking at your shit. And it's like, okay, I'm angry. I'm obviously when I get angry, I can be this type of person or I could choose to be a different type of person, right? It's really yeah. about your narrative and your awareness. Um, and for me, when I was jealous, I would get super like violently angry, not not crazy angry, just like angry with myself, um, where I would drink, it would cause me to spiral downwards, I would go into depression. What, what, so, would, what, would, be the, what would be the trigger for you? Uh, jealousy. Um, yeah. A guy with another woman. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I'm at a point where I'm learning compersion. For okay. me... For me, the way that, that. compersion is where you get to be excited for your partner. You're right. like, okay, you're setting the intention. You're setting the intention that when you're with your partner, you're going to embrace that. This is for them. You have to trust their discernment. And for you, it's like practicing. I'm really turned on by this. Oh my goodness. This is, this is something that I am asking for. I get to practice um, loving them. And it's not about, it's not about you. It's about, it's like when you go out there and you, um, watch a movie, you eat something good, you want to share that. And so it's like, okay, I want to be excited for you for, for you watching this movie, or I'm excited that you had a really good meal. Oh, wow. I'm excited that you had this experience with this woman, right? You have to kind of frame it that way. At first, it's not going to be easy. Right. Does that make sense? So, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be yeah. like, you know, um, for those that are in a relationship, perhaps, maybe it's the fact that sometimes they have to meet women that are associates, colleagues, or whatever. But just the fact that that's another woman spending time with someone that you're intimate with and you love, even though it's pl completely platonic, it may still trigger a bit of jealousy. Even if they're, that your partner talks of... of uh, you know, fondness of this individual. Uh, I, I can, I've experienced it myself. So, so I completely understand what you're saying. It, it's, it's like taking that little breathing space and just go, okay, how am I, what is my auto response? Ah, okay, it's that jealousy thing. How do I reframe it? Okay, well, I'm really glad you had a nice dinner with your colleague. It sounds really great. You know, it's just, yeah. I completely get it. And, and it's such, it's such a hyper aware thing. Um, you know, when you control that, like it's just it's just like a flush of negativity gone. I mean, I got rid yeah, of jealousy when I was super young. 
Well, that's my, my intention for this year is, um, you know, dating someone that you feel so comfortable with that you have that ability to communicate. You don't hide anything back. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you're not going to feel anything. Of course, you're going to feel anything. The first thing is acceptance. You have to accept that that's exactly how you feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel angry. Great. At least you're acknowledging that because if you're ignoring or if you're avoiding, that's when you're um, avoiding yourself. Like, for example, my mom, she would just, um, she would just yell at me and she'll be screaming. I'm like, mom, you're angry. She's like, no, I'm not angry. I'm like, you're yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I come from, you know, Latina. So Latina women, like there's a lot of fire. Right. So I'm able to recognize I'm like, oh, okay. I'm obviously my voice is getting a little bit higher. Why is that? Why why, why is that with Latin women? Like, it just seems to be like, (laughs) like, it's a cliche. It's a stereotype, but it's just true. Like, why? Why? It it just comes from religion. You know, like it, it all comes down to like our you know, being controlled by religion. You're a bad girl if you do this and then you'll be spanked, right? Like the discipline. Um, There's a lot of discipline in the Latin culture. There's a lot of like work hard. You have to like, you know, um, work hard in the fields. And out out of anger, it's just because of like, you know, it comes down to like not feeling worthy. And I mean, there's a lot of Mexican history that I'm still learning about. There's, you know... Our, our past around the Latin culture, there's just a lot of expectations and pressures. I need to, like, if, if you're like me, who's lived in America and raised, I've been raised American and yet I also have that expectation to, to speak Spanish and to like learn both cultures. It's, it's really frustrating. So for me, it just comes with a culture. It's just a cultural right. thing. But I, know the cultural I don't know. Thing. It is a cultural <laughs> thing. I could say I could say it's blame it on the orange guy. You know? <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why we're being even more more Latina, but <laughs> yeah. Excellent. God. What what else do you want to share with us, uh, Erica? I mean, um you know, what what else with the work you're doing now, what other other than emotional clearing i mean what other sorts of things can people learn from you um what they can learn is i think what makes me different is embracing the awkward you know i'm as someone told me i'm adorable i'm um i'm adorable but i'm a dork is i have my moments that i'm naive i have my moments that i'm not perfect Um, I'm not present, but every time I'm working with my trauma, I'm learning to love more. And so, um, what I'm learning about myself is that I'm a loving person. I'm patient. And the more that I get to know myself through just these conversations, wow, I feel like I'm living my life. Um, I'm not hiding. People think that freedom is like freedom of time. No, the biggest freedom is freedom of expression. If you can't really share your truth, then... Who are you really being? Oh, but, you know, someone has come from your background is so difficult. So, and I keep saying, but you are an incredibly brave person. It is. Know? It is. And you know it what? Is, it it's is Jekyll and Hyde. It is like Jekyll and Hyde. And it's going to be difficult in the beginning. If you are living a life 
a lie for a long time, it's going to be difficult and it's going to show up in your relationships. It will. And for me, it was showing up in all my romantic relationships where guys would tell me, you're such a liar. Why are you lying to me? Wow. I'm like, no, I'm not lying to me. And then the more that I keep coming clean about my story vocally, it's, it's healing for me. And you just telling, you don't have to go to a therapist, go to a friend who's able to listen to you. What, what, what's the, um, what's the, be... what, what's the advice for, you know, I, I, I sometimes get clients that have, you know, they've had past experiences of escorts through frustration or, you know, filling various needs. And, and I've had before a guy get caught up. You started off using the services of one and actually caught up in the idea of being in a relationship with one, but really he just got, you know, I mean, he, he was just getting used this guy and it nice. all ended up it all ended up getting in, going to court so when he bought a car and yeah, it was just crazy um but is it possible is it possible for, for the guys out there that have kind of have this idea that they want to date someone in the sex industry like or is always it just something that like you like look just don't, don't do it wait till they like out what, what's the what's 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 your kind of advice um if they're meeting a woman who's willing to do the work, who's like, hey, you know, this, yeah, I'm in this industry and obviously it's not what I want to do. And you can just tell that they're actually putting in the work. It's possible that you can um, have a, a healthy relationship with them. And I've met women in the industry, you know, either BDSM or Tantra, that they just have a really good communication style. They're able to... to yeah. um, Free from lying and... Free from lying, honesty is a big one, transparency. And again, if they don't have a sex positive community, it's going to be impossible to heal. You know, find find your local sex educator. I recommend read read about sex, read Mahalko. He's one of the top experts. He's been, you know, someone on my path. One of the best parts of my characters was discovering my sex positive community. And yeah. for me, that was when I found the end of the brick road and I got to see like um, the wizard wasn't everything it seems, you know, like right, some people right. are not everything that they, they are. Beautifully put. Yeah. Great. Erica, I mean. So geez. hopefully that, that answers your question, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. And so anyone listening, because I, I just meet guys like that all the time, you know, that you get, they get caught up in, in the idea of it, caught up in the whole fantasy of it. Um, how uh, let's 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 open up uh we've got a bit of time left so let's open it up to see if anyone's got any questions so people are still watching uh if you've got any questions for uh i'm i'm, I'm being conscious of how i say your name now <laughs> so you don't have to roll your r's but you can right. focus on the uh, erica 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 yeah. erica if you got any <laughs> questions for erica about emotional clearing, about, you know, anything, you know, any, anything that could possibly help you, uh, or, or to both of us, um, throw it out there. There is one in the question box. Let me see what that is. Uh, okay. Labina says, in the presentation, you mentioned the spiral. What's that? It's a journey of 22 emotions. We basically get to look at your experience, your relationship to different emotions, jealousy, anger, pride, 
and we work with three different frameworks, map of consciousness, spiral dynamics, uh, chakra system. Um, it's a very intricate system where we look at, you know, it, we look at the chart of emotions, kinesiology, and you just get to be present to like who you're being and what's, what's holding you back. What's the primary emotions that are holding you back. And um, a case example, just recently a client speaking of like dating, uh, my client was like a brick wall. He does not let love in. And then he says, I can't believe what happened. I just met this woman that I'm dating. <laughs> and he's like letting love in. They're being honest. And this was after level two of the spiral, which is about sexuality. Mm -hmm. So level two is about creativity. But our sexuality is also related to procrastination, self-sabotage, self-worth. So if you're looking to really clear your sexuality, um, this people always tell me their sexuality gets heightened, um, their awareness around it is different. And so that's one of the, the symptoms, the side effects of the spiral. It's either your sex life gets amazing, you make more money, you're more creative. Um, so that's kind of a, the spiral in a nutshell. And I'm one of the practitioners of the spiral. I love, I love how you put it, like your relationship with different emotions. Um, yeah. again, just increasing that awareness of what your body's responding to, just listening, yeah, inner observe, observation. And it's, again, it's not like I want to delete anger. I want to like to completely transmute it. Like you have to have acceptance first of all. And if you deny your emotions, you're not human. Like we're, you're still going to have emotions. And the other thing is when we get older, our primary emotions are angry, sad, horny, hungry, right? But you actually have 22 emotions. It's such you a have... simple life when you put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it should be really, shouldn't it? Yeah, but we have fr frustration. We have um, terror. We have in the bladder section, the water element is because it relates to sexuality. There's paralyzed will. There's fear. There's dread. There's anxiety. There's so many emotions. There's yeah. love. There's peace. There's harmony. We could go on and on. <laughs> And, and when you start to get present, you're like, wow, I'm actually, I didn't re recognize that I was like suppressing some of these emotions. It's, it's a great, it's great work you're doing. I mean, I can identify with uh, such issues of the people that I've worked with, you know, and then some issues I've had myself, you know, uh, it's needed. It really is needed. Uh, you're doing the work of God. Let's see, let's see if there's any questions on the feed. Guys, if you're still watching, uh, there's a question box at the bottom of this um, broadcast. Pop your questions in there or drop them on the feed. I'm just going to have a quick scroll through, see if anyone has. Um, have a look. There's no man as a boy who sees the world. And where, where, how, are you, how are you coping through the pandemic? A recap? <sighs> There you go. That's I, like did I did it. I did it. Yes. <laughs> See, like a Latin kick on it. Ah. Yes. Yeah. I love my London family. Um, <laughs> how am I doing with this Corona? Mm. So interesting. Um, I think just like having community, like I, you know, I'm never bored. Like having, I have a lover who is amazing and I right. still have, I'm very blessed with that. Um, my, my spiritual work, just like my spiral work, like, please do the spiral. If not, meditation is great. Um, how can, how can people find movies, out about the spiral? Uh, 
they could just go to my Instagram. So follow me at Erika Briones and I have a link tree. I just added it. Um, so they can go there, they can book with me and anyone who signs on with your, like if they um, come through you, then you also get a referral fee. Um, so just wanted to share that as a gift Thank for you. your listeners. They get um, 10% off if they, you know, sign on with Johnny <laughs> cool. London dating coach. That's good. So, Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, um, is there anything that you want to kind of, kind of add to, that we haven't discussed? I and mean, we've probably got like a few more minutes left now. Okay. Um, I hope we do another podcast. <laughs> I, I actually don't know if we recorded it, but I know that, you know, there's technology to make this happen. Um, that's yeah. just like my, my nerdy side. What else? I, I could do a little sample of a clear, just like sh- a little demo. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. So you have an idea. Uh-huh. Um, so we could do something around, I don't know, what's something that your audience has emotions around? Uh, I would say fear. Fear. Fear of talking to someone that perhaps they desire find attractive okay so fear around talking to someone so it just like kind of like call in the energy to just like tap into the collective energy for your audience okay so i would say let's look at the element fire earth metal water bladder paralyzed will so the emotion is paralyzed will money not enough money so when it comes to money it's like i don't feel valuable i don't feel like i'm making enough money to be seen by the by the right woman by the by the dream woman so it's almost like putting pressure on themselves to perform to succeed um time not enough time there's not enough hours in the day role role as a role as an entrepreneur role as a man so paralyzed will is in the pelvic floor so for anyone who's watching they can rub their pelvic um if whoa, not whoa, you can, whoa, or you can whoa, hold whoa, these. Whoa, whoa, ask them to do what <laughs> Hold these points. So they would just yeah. hold these points okay. and then they would just clear it. So this is a, we're taught, we're communicating to the subconscious mind. And so, so are, we, are we tapping into chakra points right now? Is this what you're yeah, This is, this is the water. This is the water element. So we're actually clearing paralyzed will around not enough money. So we're clearing the energy around not enough money. <sighs> Would you take a deep breath and then you exhale? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So we're we're talking to your subconscious about um, not enough money, not enough time as a man, and releasing that. And you can release the points. <laughs> okay. So it's 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 using elements of meditation, also, right? Um, I mean, meditation would be more like implementation. So this is just like, um, like kinesiology, we're actually just talking to the body. So the body has different, um, you know, like it's a developed nervous system. So, so for the pelvic floor, this is actually the bladder relates to pressure. Mm -hmm. And this is like, if you feel so pressured, maybe you're using, maybe you have an overactive bladder, but in the bladder, there's anxiety, there's paralyzed will, there's terror. Um, and 
and for and it's interesting because um with the corona it's actually the metal element the metal is in the lungs and there's a lot of grief there's a lot of guilt um there's uh regret so if you're having emotions around that we can definitely look at maybe your relationship to to this pandemic so if anyone wants to clear some anxiety around that i'm happy to do so as well it's all this this sort of work is new to me but i i, I do recognize certain elements you're kind of talking about yeah there's um, a little bit of nlp too which i'm, I'm yeah really, this it's amazing like you get to learn nlp um yeah. it's all intricately linked to language patterns yes i believe except I use NLP for the inner dialogue and the outer dialogue. So I'm constantly using NLP to allow my clients of their abilities. So there's a little bit of NLP there as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I, I want to learn so much. <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to like chat later about NLP because um, it's something that I know that is it's a huge element in our industry is to like, really shift and pivot the mind about people's languages and that's what that's what we get to do and language holds a lot of emotional weight and charge it and really memories. does yeah it really does you know i'm constantly flushing negativity out of my clients vocabulary their mindset you know there's everything around them and like it's really interesting because of how like how clients describe their situation like you know, how's your situation with women it's a catastrophe Wow, <laughs> it's a catastrophe. When I think of the word catastrophe, I, I have that image in my head of the atom bomb blowing up. Like that's a catastrophe, and you're associating you're associating that image with how you see your relationship with women. I mean, yeah. that you need to change that image and just change that label yeah. on that word because it's not a catastrophe. <laughs> right. What about what about when people say, "I don't want to hurt you"? What kind of image, images do you get? I don't want to hurt you. Um, the image that comes to my mind is of someone being quite physical with me, perhaps with a knife or something like that. that that's the image that comes into my, my head. Yeah, that's the same thing. Right. And energetically, like people have that in their subconscious, right? Like when I do a clearing with people, I had a woman who said that she had a fear of water, which related to her sexuality. And that made her behave a weird way. So it's really interesting how words have a certain, like a, a meme or a gif in the back of the mind. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just, we associate emotion with certain words. It's like that, right? I, I go, what are your what are your sticking points? Well, I you know I have a fear of approaching women. Okay, so you're excited about approaching women. You're excited about approaching women, and that just that language chain allows someone to do something that they actually want in their life. It makes sense. Your body is responding to something in front of you that you desire. It's just the label you've chose to put on it is of a negative one. So if you change it to a positive one. It allows you. So it's um, it's like that simple. It's just trying to work out what the the negative label is, in in the thing that they're trying to describe. They have an issue with. Uh, I love it. It's it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> now now I'm gonna be really thinking about these words now. I gave a great one to my client today. 
uh, he was going on a date today and I, I said, okay, why don't you ask this question? And the, what, what, what would you allow yourself to experience if there were no consequences? What would you allow yourself to experience if there were no consequences? Yeah. Just just notice how open your mind travels. Allow, yeah. Yeah, allow, allow, experience, like allow, explore. Experience. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you can really, you can add more on. Yeah, free, what would you allow yourself to experience if there were no consequences? A world free from judgment. A free, uh, a world that allows you to explore any desire you wish. <laughs> I was just say play, creativity, exactly. satisfaction. Exactly. All positive things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I say that's just an yeah, example. So that's NLP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an example. That would be an example of outer dialogue where I'd help them, you know. But inner dialogue, you know, is, is all about the sort of changing the labels to the feelings that they're having. So you get more positive outcomes as opposed to negative ones. That's, um, mm. I enjoy that work. I, I do. I feel like I'm going to definitely have to take an NLP course. <laughs> That's some great books so, you can read. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think our first interview, we um, talked about Ross Jeffries and we talked about like NLP in Ross our is first great. interview years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that so, was how, how many years ago was that when we jumped on that? Was that a year ago or was that two years ago? I think that was a year ago. That was a year ago. Time flies so quickly. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to meet you after this whole Rona thing ends. I know it's going to be, it's going to definitely impact dating. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think I would love to like do another podcast and just like hear what, how dating is going to be shaped after this or how, how to really like um, date during these times. I think there's been no better time to date right now. I really mean that. There is no better time to meet someone new for the first time right now. Simply put, everyone is available. You know, even in business, for example, right? That person that you couldn't get hold of because of, their busy operational kind of lifestyle, you know, they're caught up in, you know, the day-to-day -day work. You can pick up the phone and get access to that person right now. And it's the same with dating. Everyone is lonely. Everyone is bored. All of the external stimulation places are shut. Nightclubs, bars, hotels. Very few flights are, are you know, still operating. So we're yeah. just kind of forced into this virtual space. And these virtual spaces have become the new nightclubs. Even the people that were too cool for school to go on these apps, they're on there now. They've just been forced in that direction. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a great opportunity to meet someone new for the first time. And I also think because there's no sort of razzle-dazzle things to kind of uh, distract each other, it encourages you more to use your heart when it comes to communicating with these individuals. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, like everything's on hold, the dating stuff, you know, work. I mean, even work, there's a lot of opportunity right now, you know, for the people out there just kind of sitting there moaning about things, playing PlayStation. Well, really, you're missing a trick. Like, yeah. now is the time to like create a, create a side hustle or a side business or a project, you know, the, whatever that thing was that you were moaning about because you didn't have enough time. You've got the time now. 
Yeah. And again, like I said before, what, what stops people is like, is procrastination, which is related to your sexuality. So if you're like, oh, I just, you know, can't get the girl or I can't date this person, it's because it's really your mind that's stopping you. That's the thing. It's like yeah. when you start to study the mind, human to potential, you realize it's your story. That gets in the way. I do a great trick with my clients. I tell them to write down all of the reasons why they're not getting the success they deserve in their life. For example, it might be, let's go back to the approach, for example, right? They see someone in a bar or a hotel bar, lounge bar, club, whatever the, the social uh, venue is. I go, write me all of a reason, all the reasons of your, what are all of your excuses? They write down all of our excuses. And now I go, all right, scribble out that word excuses and put this title, icebreakers. So maybe it's, I can't, I can't speak to that person because she looks too busy or she looks too much of, she doesn't look friendly, right? So let's, put, let's, let's say it's the yeah. not friendly looking one. The reframe is, I almost wasn't going to come over and say hello because I, you didn't look too friendly, but I had to come over and find out. You see, so it's just turning those excuses wow. into actions. Oh, I can't do it because they've got headphones on. You know, I almost wasn't going to come over and say hello because your head, because of, I saw you had headphones, but I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, so it's just turning those like problems yeah. into solutions. Yeah. So are, are people mostly dating right now through apps or like yeah. social media? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say to my clients, like, you know, online dating, the real online dating is social media. That's that because everyone's online. Right. And then you've got the tier under that, which is the apps. OK. But I feel that the better quality people are on social media and you and, and you can get access to them better. You don't have to just see if, if you, you get matched or all this kind of nonsense. Yeah. You know, and it's all it's easy, you know, sparking up a conversation with someone online. I mean, there's plenty of things to talk about. It's all there in the shop window on their Instagram channel and on the stories. You know, we're constantly giving each other topics to talk about. There's always things to talk about. Yeah. You just got to take the risk to get the reward. A lot of people are just just not even doing that. Now is the now is the best time to meet someone. Everyone's lonely and everyone's horny. Oh yeah, definitely. And if anyone, if anyone wants to do a sex clear, I can definitely support you. Yeah. What, what's a sex clear? It's what a to... sex clear is. We we really look at um, your relationship to sexuality. We look at your relationship to intimacy, mm -hmm. your relationship to porn. It really it, it's a case by case. I uh, right. custom tailor tailor it based on your needs. So if someone's like, I have a porn addiction, we'll look at the different components of porn. It's, oh, why are you watching porn? And then we'll mm. look at the emotions behind that. And then we'll, mm. you know, do some integration. Um, I might have them. It's those um, questions, those direct some... questions are so important. They really do yeah, highlight the core issue. If you're looking to develop this area of your life, head on over to my website, johnnycassell.com and start your journey today. People have sex for procreation, like I just need to have a baby. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is uh, recreation. Recreational sex is like I'm doing it because I'm actually stressed out. I'm uncomfortable to sit with myself. 
The third one is for pleasure because it just feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, uh, sex magic. You know, doing sex because I want to, like, birth something new. Sex so, magic, you call that? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Sex magic. I like that. <laughs> yeah. You haven't heard of sex magic? No, I don't. Sex magic. That's, that's a good one. That is, yeah. It's, a, it's actually a thing. You know, in Tantra, okay. it's about, like, um, when you're having, it's like you have a vision board, but you're, when you're having um, self-pleasure, you're actually visualizing your vision board like it's actually out in the ethers, right? Okay. So it's like I'm, for example, I'm envisioning that I want a boat. <laughs> this was in my dreams last night. I don't know. I had a boat right. in my dreams. <laughs> right. And then you're like, I really want this boat. So you're like thinking about your orgasm connected to all the orgasms in the world and then when you're close to, to like letting go, releasing, um, then you let go of the expectations. But so the, you, the, the boat just sails off. Yeah. <laughs> Out to so, the sea as you climax. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I interviewed Lori Amazing. Handlers. Lori Handlers is a sex expert. She talks about sex magic. She was trying to manifest a boat. And I don't know, later she just kept getting flyers for a boat. She just kept getting like all these flyers for a boat. She saw a boat. She was invited to a yacht party. She's like, I guess it works. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna try that. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll do the yeah, next live. So, we'll do the next live on, on a on a boat. <laughs> yes, we'll do a, a boat one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys uh, can try it. You know, I have. I think I have like, a YouTube <laughs> video where I talk about it. I might as well post it later. Um, but it's fun, you know, I'm surprised. <laughs> At the least. Oh yeah. That's what I was going to say. Maybe if we can all collectively, if we can all collectively like use our sex magic or orgasms <laughs> to like get out of this whole Corona thing, maybe we can. Well, you know we can try, we can try maybe, it. Well, you know how there's like group meditations and everyone's like <laughs> group meditation party. We could do a sex magic party where we're all like, uh, it'd be an interesting <laughs> zoom session. That one. Oh my goodness! I would love to do that. <laughs> oh God, jeez, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up on that note. On a, on yeah, a, definitely a high. Erika, how how can people find out about you? What what where are you going to direct them? Um, and what what have you got like that you're you, maybe you're kind of currently doing or something coming up? Dakini touch. Dakini mm-hmm. Touch is a Tantra BDSM course with modules, journal prompts, videos, um, a PDF of how they can um, weave Tantra and BDSM together. Yeah, it sounds really, um, I was just about to say, uh, Tantra BDSM, that's super unique. I wouldn't even imagine yeah, those worlds like meshing together. It's like, it's like, the, oh, the, yeah. the, it's it's like the dark really... side meshing together of the, the light. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this is inspired by Urban Tantra, but Dakini Touch, there's eight modules. First module, I'm not even going to go into it. Just go to ericabriannas.com and they will, you know, see the, they can go to my offerings page and go click on Dakini Touch. Mm-hmm. And it's only $69 right now. Right now. It's nothing. So, Great. yeah, it's nothing. It's easy. So if you're bored, if you're like, I don't want to, I don't know what to do, then you get to play 
and you get to explore. Um, there's a lot of sexy things in the in the Dakini Touch um, modules, but you get definitely get to connect with yourself. I really love like your whole journey, Erika. Like, you know, and and you're still sort of like you're able to work with sex in such a positive way, in a way that I can see is clearly you know been part of your healing. Yeah, it you is. Know. And, you know, doing these podcasts, sharing the story is part of the journey. And it's like coming clean every time. And it gets easier every time. Yeah, good for you. And I, I want to say again, thank you for sharing everything. It's been so valuable. We've got lots of great content from from this broadcast. Uh, hopefully we can we can get keep both of these videos and repurpose them and, and, and float them around. Um, but yeah, thank you again. It, it's been awesome. And um, yeah, we'll, we've got to definitely do another one soon. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay, darling. Okay. Bye. Okay. Thank you. Bye. So there we have it, guys. Um, what a woman. Extraordinary story um, and lots and lots of great content. Uh, really happy with the outcome of that. Um, and, and some funny moments too, you know, it, it, <laughs> I'm glad we left it on a high. It was great. Um, so guys, thank you again for tuning in. Remember you guys make the show, right? If, if you don't come on, then I don't, I don't even bother putting these together, right? I do it because this is a passion of mine. I do it because I want to help you guys. Um, and this, again, I said, this is the first episode that I'm doing through this pandemic era where I'm actually inviting on my friends, right? People who I've met along the way um, on my 15-year journey as a coach. Uh, they are gonna, they're gonna be, maybe they might be celebrities, they might be coaches, they might be therapists, they might be successful businessmen, entrepreneurs, people in the hospitality industry, who knows, right? But stay tuned this week and next for more exclusive live broadcasts from me and my extended family. Guys, stay safe and be sensible. And I'll see you guys again soon. If you enjoyed the content, follow me on Instagram at London Dating Coach.